Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 5, Episode 12, entitled Rabbit Dog. Did I just mispronounce my own name? I think you did. I think you did. I think I managed to make a murmur. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's been a long weekend for us. Yeah. Uh, we are out in Seattle having just done packs. Uh, we went up to visit Jesse of Personal Arrogance up in his hometown now. Uh, he plied us with mini brews straight from the brewery. That might have something to do with it. He did. He did. Uh, thankfully, none of us got sick, which is kind of awesome. I think it's the first time in a whole convention junket where none of our crew got some kind of con crud. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's knock on, up there. knock on the hotel table here. <laughs> Definitely. So if we sound a little weird, uh, yeah, that's why. We're using some makeshift stuff here uh, to make this all work. But we're going to try to uh, get through it. So let's – do we have anything to talk about up front? Do you want to talk about what you thought about the episode? Oh, of course. Okay. So I feel like we talked took a little heat, uh, judging from the tenor of the feedback, uh, for, you know, kind of shitting on the episode. I don't think we gave <laughs> – Shitting on I know, it? right? Oh, we um, shat all over it, yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, we gave a numerical score. If I was handing one out for this episode, I'd give it an 8. An 8? Okay, that's a little bit higher than I would uh, give it. I'd give it about a 7.5. But still, I mean – you're talking a four out of five star, and yes, it's not a terrible episode, but it's not the kind of like pulse pounding, holy shit, can't sit down in your seat episode that we've been getting all season long. Exactly. Um, so I don't think, it, you know, I, I, it, some people I think get a little too wrapped up in, you know, what we say as for our relative enjoyment levels. Um, you know, and of course, we got this is the first episode that i think we got outright negative feedback on where people are like i don't like this or i don't like that or i don't understand this hmm. i'm a little bit more circumspect because again i felt like a total asshole because i was very critical of episode one of season five uh-huh. and then as the season progressed it became clear that it wasn't as big as misstep as i thought so you know it, it would have to take a couple of episodes of compounding mistakes there are things i did not like about this episode thus it's eight rating instead of it's 10 that i gave last week's yep, yep. but shit there was plenty to like too which as which will go on for the majority of the podcast about there was an initial reaction uh which you heard in our instant cast is uh that i was i was kind of disappointed in the episode you know like you said coming off those those first three which were mm-hmm. fantastic um after going back and watching it again uh, and really thinking about what they're trying to do here, reading a couple of other reviews that kind of spelled out uh, a little bit better what they were what they were thinking and where these themes are at, uh, right. my opinion of it kind of changed for the positive a little bit. Okay. Uh, but, but obviously not uh, super positive there, you know. I mean, it's not a bad episode, but it's not the greatness. And, and the thing is, is we were we were openly questioning whether he could keep uh, a steady stream <laughs> of break that pacing, or whether he would have to pull back and do a little bit of shifting of the deck chairs before the Titanic yeah. eventually sinks. Um, Are you saying the show is going to Titanic itself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, just obviously, I think the show is ending in a disaster, not in like a creative standpoint, okay, but in All like right. a clusterfuck of the whites and the drug trade and people's lives and it's probably not going to be an uplifting end um but you know hopefully it'll still be entertaining uh i think so i I just feel like that i'm predicting that we'll have probably one more episode like this in the remaining four episodes okay and maybe even a half where Mm -hmm. the first half is kind of like wow nothing's really happening or where is this going 
and that's okay. You know, that's 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 something we get almost every season of Breaking Bad, where you know we kind of take a step back. The characters talk about how what they're feeling, and and um, then we go launch ahead with the thrill ride that is Breaking Bad. So I'm not I'm not worried. This is still attracting to be one of the greatest. I mean, if you want to see a reactionary twat, uh, follow Jason Whitlock. Holy <laughs> shit, that guy is like a manic depressive with this show. Uh, yeah. He keeps yeah. he wants to put it up there in Sopranos, and then next we tear it down, and he's got this whole thing with the wire that he can't let go of. Uh-huh. So I hope like I'm a little bit... Like someone else I know. I hope, we're, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm a bit more even-keeled than that, but still. Yeah, probably. All right, let's get into the recap. We start off with uh, right where we left jesse but this time from walt's perspective he pulls up to the house to find saul's car in the driveway uh having run over his beautiful driveway lights uh he knows that jesse's inside so he sneaks in the back uh with his gun out and he sweeps the house only to find no one's there yeah i called this uh walt of duty white ops because <laughs> he was like where did he where did he come up with that room clearing skills i mean I, I was he good at it i don't know i don't know it. i guess like i've watched so much and and you, you can compare and contrast like a military thriller from the 80s uh-huh. where guys are shooting two machine guns at bicep <laughs> level and not even aiming to like even a dumb movie like the expendables where they're at least using the sights of their guns and yeah and and you you can tell that there's been you know military uh um, what do you call those guys? A, a consultants involved? Sure, sure. I feel like that if someone asked me, like if I was in in like some kind of life threatening scenario, I'd be able to do a credible job of like you know creeping around a hallway and sweeping. I'd probably get my ass shot still, but it'd look cool. <laughs> uh, maybe Walt, okay. you know, he, he's he's absorbed that from watching. Yeah, Scarface, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, Scarface is all. I think that's the other one I was yeah. talking about. You know, he's watching things like Scarface and The Godfather. But he did look cool, like crouching, you know, yeah. behind the glass table on the patio around the pool of death. Oh, sure, yeah. And no, it was an awesome scene. And the the, the tension. Because I yeah, kept, did you think there. that that's how, did you think that Jesse would not be there? Like, a lot of people predicted that there's some, you know, surprise, surprise, there'd be some combination of Jesse, Walt, and Hank in, yeah, in the yeah. mix. I did not see... I assumed he would still be there. Yeah. With with Hank, honestly. Yeah. And that, that Walt would kind of walk in on that. And, and I was really thinking that Jesse was going to die this episode. Yeah, I was too. Uh, that rabid dog title started to really weigh down on me, and mm-hmm. and I was just thinking, you know, it's like, well, that would certainly be shocking. That would keep the thrill meter pegged to the max. So, too early, though. A little too early. For, I think in retrospect, Billigan. I'm. I would have been happy. I, I would have been fine if he did die, and it was continued to be satisfying. But it does feel like that ultimately, this has to come down to Walt and Jesse, right? Uh, they've been in, yeah, in it from the yeah, beginning. You're probably right. Um, I mean, if Hank got taken out, I might be a little less surprised than if Jesse got taken out at this point. Yeah, for, at this point, I at this point with with especially Hank's behavior in this episode. Uh huh. I feel like everybody dirtied their hands, and there's a lot more people marked with the shadow of death with a certainty. And I think Hank is definitely one of those people. Yeah, Tyler well, is one of those I'm people. I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more when we get to the end of this episode because yep. there's uh, some big questions raised there. Yep. Uh, and we'll go over them uh, pretty thoroughly, I think. So let's move on to the next scene where uh, Walt has a locksmith in to try to change his locks out uh, and professional cleaners to try to clean the carpet of the gasoline before Skyler gets home. That is unfruitful they had gone over it m- multiple times and that's just as good as it gets according to them 
uh, until he rips out all the carpet. And he can't do that before Skyler gets home, so he sets off on this crazy plan, this caper that we we don't understand at the moment. Do you think that uh, the remarks of the carpet cleaner, where it's like, "Look, buddy, we've been on this three times. There's only, it's it's this is as good as it's going to get," is a indication of Walt's life? Oh, sure. Like you know, yeah. Walt desperately wants to put the pieces back together. It's like you know, he's in retirement. He wants it to stick, but the guy's like, "There's you can't. There's only so clean you can get." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Once you've gotten this dirty, yep. Uh, it's hard to get totally clean again. Indeed. Uh, during the, uh, process of all this, he ends up calling Jesse to tell him that they'll fix this, which factors in later in the episode. Which is, that's, that's hilarious because it feeds right into that commentary. Yeah, it does. It's like, uh, how are you going to rip up the floor joists and, and the decking and the carpet with Jesse's relationship? (laughs) You can't. Uh, Like, no, it's too late. His theory that if he can just find the right thing to say. You know, yeah, like, wasn't like, that something he specifically said? There's some combination of words I, here I that do, I can yeah, make you understand. Yeah, there was it, it, there was something. I think he was talking about Saul. I think it was said to Saul, or maybe it was a Skyler. And, and either one of them increasingly looked at him like he was a crazy person. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's one of his you know major character flaws that he thinks it's this is a chemistry thing, right? If he finds yeah. the right catalyst or right component, uh, it'll you know it'll it'll dilute the mixture, it'll turn the acid to a base or neutralize it, or whatever. And, Ain't gonna happen. No, there's a lot of acid in Jesse right now. A lot of um, ass? No, a lot oh, of acid. acid yes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, a lot of coke too, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really loved the music in this scene. It was like a southwestern caper type music. Had a lot of strings, but a lot of piano. It felt, it felt like southwestern Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. while he was like setting up all the gasoline stuff and. Uh, soaking his clothes in his car it was it was very cool um let's move to the next scene skylar comes home walt's cleaning the floor and he makes up a ridiculous story about soaking himself in gasoline uh of course no one believes it including walt jr who immediately calls him on it uh and then walt suggests that they move into a hotel while the house is airing out uh there's so this scene is playing on two levels right one level it's playing to skylar Right. Who clearly knows that this is bullshit for one reason. It's playing to Walt Jr., who knows that this is bullshit for another reason. Right, right. And it's... Ah, it's rough. It's rough to watch these scenes between Walt and Walt Jr. Because of just so much stuff that needs to be said and that needs to be known. Did you and Walt's th- just when, using it every step of the way. When Walt Jr. said, why don't you stop lying, Dad? Did you think that he had put something else together or do you, did you think he was talking about the cancer thing uh for a, a brief second i thought maybe he had put something else together but then how could how? he right yeah. yeah it's just funny how on guard the show makes you feel about that kind of stuff <laughs> sure sure and there is like a little knowing glance or like skyler looks at walt jr after walt's done and, telling yeah, the story and, and, and is walt's like is he like, gonna yeah. buy this uh-huh, uh-huh. it's gonna go down here <laughs> and she kind of lets him take the lead there which is smart, so she can later, you know, confront him in private. Um, I like how Walt kind of turns the situation in his favor, though, right? It's, he's able to use it to get his family out of harm's way, to get them out of the house and into a hotel so that Jesse can't find them. Right. Uh, I think that's actually fairly smart of Walt to do there. Um, uh, so let's move on. Walt meets with Saul in the parking lot of the hotel, uh, he gets an update on the mission to find Jesse, which is still incomplete. 
And Saul suggests that maybe they should put Jesse down like a rabid dog, like old Yeller. And Walt tells him never float that idea again mm-hmm. before he runs back up to the room with ice. Uh, what do you think of, of Saul's colorful analogy? <laughs> well, I mean... I enjoy them personally. I, I do, think they're too, funny. It's, it's just... You really... You really see how inappropriate he is, and that gets him in, into trouble. But is he inappropriate at this point? I mean, no, well, Walt, I think, is a little blinded as to the severity of the situation, like you said. What, I, what I mean is, I think this called for him to drop the shtick and have an honest oh. discussion about, your partner is a loose cannon. Yes. I need to, as I need to, as your attorney, <laughs> and as your consigliere in this, uh, mm. you know, uh, I, I, we need to have this discussion. You can shoot it down or whatever, but I, it needs to be said. Yeah. And we need, I need to force you to think about it. And then if he doesn't, it's like, well, then, okay, if you don't want to take my advice, fine. Yeah. But I've, I've got to as a lawyer. Now, if that was the kind of guy Saul is, he probably wouldn't be a criminal lawyer so it's sure. like you having know, frank it's, conversations it's, it's about being it, yeah. pissed at the leopard for having spots right sure yeah definitely but it definitely i think that it offends walt it offends walt whenever he has to deal with someone who's not as professional about crime as he gotcha not as sophisticated like he really liked gus until he didn't oh yeah he really hated all the, like the tucos and i think he has a certain amount of kind of disgust for the uncles of anarchy and uh-huh. and 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 people and even lydia uh but Saul, it's always been like if he could find, um, you know, like the whatever the 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 mob lawyer or the drug lawyer was for on the wire. Oh, well, okay. was it yeah, Maurice or Levy or Levy or some somebody? If he could find a guy like that, I think he'd be a lot happier. <laughs> Probably. I, I I like that you said this conversation needed to happen because walt actually hasn't seen how angry jesse is right Saul has seen it firsthand and he's always been able to manipulate jesse to do whoever he had so why would he think that suddenly he couldn't that's true that's true because jesse is on another level at this point exactly and Saul but, knows but, that walt doesn't uh, yeah walt and he should have described that. that he should but the thing really is, is walt him. seen jesse beat his ass in like he's gotten that's true he's gotten he has gotten he has received the beating that Saul received and he's also gotten out of it before exactly so he thinks (laughs) like this is this is nothing new man yeah him beating the shit out of you waving holding a gun in your face i've been there before but the thing that i feel like walt is not taking into account is that now jesse knows well he doesn't have a suspicion jesse knows that he poisoned brock that's right had he known at the time that he had the gun to his head he would have killed him but see the him jesse's not you know um I had this one boss that liked to deny me vacation requests because at the time I didn't have kids. And like I would okay. always even So you regard- don't need vacations. Regardless of seniority, I'd be pushing the back and he'd always like, well, you don't. And it's almost like not being this family man made me a lower class of human uh-huh. or at least lower sympathy level. And I think that walt sees that in jesse that he's not really had attachments he doesn't have any real kids and he doesn't understand that <laughs> Jess like 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 what what could anyone say to walt that would make it okay that someone poisoned walt jr as an attempt to manipulate him yeah it would be all-out war but he's got this i, I don't know whether it's a, it's a sociopath or failure to empathize or you know failure to see jesse in that same as as a man he's not uh-huh. the child in school you know, that's failing to apply himself. He's but a man. But that is how Walt views him. That, yeah. that, so, so it's 
you know, if he would see, it's like, oh, well, how would I feel if this had happened to Junior? If he could give Jesse that same level of empathy, it would become clear how fucked he is. Yeah. But he can't. I feel like empathy is not Walt's strong suit. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I... It's weird because he's able to manipulate people so well because he does understand them. But yet he's not willing to give him the same give them the same leniencies that he would give himself in those situations. Yes, uh, indeed, indeed. So, all right. Um, next, uh, Skyler when they, when he gets back to the hotel room, Skyler tells Walt that she was spying on him uh, in the parking lot, and she wants to know what's going on. And Walt tells her Jesse's upset about something he did. Uh, Skyler worries that Jesse's going to come after them, but Walt tells her that he wouldn't hurt anyone. Uh, Skyler doesn't believe that because, well, it's not super believable. And then she suggests that Walt should kill Jesse as well. So back to back, uh, two people suggesting that Jesse needs to go. Yeah, yeah. And which he, neither one of them, this. neither one of them hit home. And we've got an awesome. They, they haven't yet. I'm wondering if they didn't hit home at the very end of this episode. Well, we've got a, we've got an awesome listener take that I can't wait to get to. And okay. we've had, I think we had about three listeners email and, and and asked us if we could like move the the predictions or the speculation to the spoiler section. Hmm. And and we just can't do that because we feel like that's a big part of the po- the podcast. Um, if you if you want to skip on the speculation on that kind of stuff, then just skip the feedback portion because that's ninety five percent of what it's become. Yeah, yeah. Um. And the other thing is, if I thought for a moment that someone had inside knowledge, but I am not getting spoilers beyond what we already know from you know stuff we've talked to. So if you listen to our spoilers, you know how pretty much non existent they've been. Yeah, um, and we even do our best to keep the the preview for next week out of the exactly. The main cast. So it's like if I thought if any of that was predicated on advanced knowledge, um, you know, because there's there's been other times where we've had spoilers three weeks in advance, and I thought the people were making predictions that were kind of like you know finger to the wind, reading off Reddit stuff and Reddit spoilers. But I don't think that's the case here. So yeah, um, just wanted to mention that because it, it's the first time I've on any of our shows anyone's asked us to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly think it would take away from the show. Yeah, as as we I understand, it. if it would, it I understand what yeah. you're saying mm-hmm. that it's the dartboard syndrome. If you if you read a hundred <laughs> per, possible permutations of how the season can go, and one of them is close to it, it might decrease your enjoyment or surprise. But I feel like that's a minority viewpoint at this point. Yeah, sure. Um, there's a another thing here that we've kind of already gone over where Walt says, you know, I'm going to talk to Jesse. I'm going to make him see reason. Uh, Walt still thinks that's a possibility. And what we know from this episode, it was still a possibility, right? I mean, Jesse probably at his own behest wouldn't have showed up for that meet, but he was willing in the end to show up for the meet and talk with Walt. Right. Um, without, certainly with fear that he would be killed, but not wanting to kill him. Uh, which is where he was at at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it's interesting how much changed in both of their attitudes, and then even though all that change happened, we're right back where we started right. as far as who wants to kill who or take down who. You know, right, right. Um, there's also the the idea in this scene that I thought was kind of striking that Skylar is using the word "we" when she's speaking about the criminal dealings that are now going on 
Right. I mean, this if if there was ever an indication, if you weren't convinced by that bathroom floor speech that she is now totally on board with Walt, this should be it, right? I mean, she says after everything we've done, yeah, uh, that she's she's including herself in all of this now. Honestly, this I <laughs> it's surprising that Anna Gunn wrote the, I mean, maybe that's why she released it last week, because if, if she released it this week, it would seem, <laughs> I think there would be a lot of people calling bullshit, because, you know, I, I it, it's a lot easier, I think, at this point to dislike Skylar White sure. than it was, you know, la- last season, or certainly before last week's season, for, um, you know, but, but, and even I, I think some of the defenders of Skylar even wrote like, "Wow, this is a bridge too far for us." We're She's off. encouraging murder at this point. Yes, she has become no better than at least season two, Walt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. She's still no season four. So but... it's like then it's like okay, well, you know, I I, I think it's it. Anyway, we've talked a lot about Skylar, but I thought it was mm-hmm. is interesting how this. I don't think she can get out of the season alive if you believe. Vince's statements about karma. And the only reason I think Jesse's able to get out is because of the whole balance of karma. Yeah. Um, I still get on a weekly basis people defending Walt's actions and the morality oh. of it. Oh, I mean, no. so so there's two like there's there's there's, like, there's several different axes of where you can fall in your sympathies of Walt. You can say that he does evil things that are justified, okay. or you can say he does evil things, but it's entertaining to watch, and I like him that. Okay. Or, right. And I think those are defensible ways to uh-huh. look at it. But then you can say that he doesn't do evil things. Well, he or he <laughs> had to, he was forced to. He had no choice. Gotcha. No, at every single point, he always had a choice, and he always chose to to, to double down. Yeah. And you know, and and who said this? Um, when we get to Marie's therapist, uh, he said that the violence is not an option. Right? It only makes uh-huh. things worse. Sure. This series has been a thesis on that. It really has. Every time he tries to take a half or full measure to solve his problem, it just creates an even bigger one down the line. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking small-scale, you know, neighborhood thug problems up to worldwide criminal. Dis, you know, it's like it just kept on escalating and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting way for Vince to sneak that you know, subtext and bring it to the four point that looking back over the season, that's what Breaking Bad's been about. For sure. And and mentioning uh here Skylar and choices that people have been making, if Skylar doesn't make it out of the season, think back to when she's standing at that crossroads at that the, right. the corner of those four states there thinking about running away. Right. How how much worse is that moment and that decision gonna be? Uh if she doesn't make it that's it's gonna be pretty sad pretty sad uh so then we go on to the flashback um which takes us all the way back to the beginning of the episode to jesse breaking into the white house and soaking it in gasoline uh and right as he's about to light it he's got the lighter lit and everything hank shows up and he talks him down and great performances by both dean norris and aaron paul here yeah terrific aaron as as a coked up you know, he can't keep getting away with this. Yeah. Um, yeah, a and, lot, I think a lot of people missed that that CD thing that Walt picks up at the beginning is coated in cocaine, which we then see Jesse snort. Like, we don't actually see him snort it, but he, he does one of those, like, uh, like cuts that implies it. 
Right. Uh, that he was snorting cocaine. Because so that's because that was Saul's. Yeah, that, I think he found that in Saul's car. So Saul has got a little it has a little thing for the nose candy too, which makes sure. sense. Uh, yeah. Some people thought it was meth, but it's like I don't. Saul does not seem to be the type of guy that would roll. That's coke. No. coke uh, you know, white powder is more of a lawyer, uh, Wall Street uh, party <laughs> type of guy, less of a you know Jesse Pinkman Badger, Skinny Pete kind of guy. Definitely. Or, the reason I would say rather. it's got to be Saul is because we saw everything that Jesse did. Yes. Uh, Jesse, he had all the drugs swiped off of him yep. by Huel. Yep. He came back. Yep. He stole the car, and now he's got cocaine. So right on. Um, shoot, where were we going with that? Um, so, and also compare and contrast how Hank treats Jesse here when he needs him to do something, be compliant with how he treats him when he's fully in his power later. Yeah, bastard. And, um, <laughs> and, and also pay attention if you're rewatching this episode. The way they have framed Jesse when he's in the passenger seat and then the dri- person in the driver's seat, uh-huh. they've done it with Walt and Jesse, like in season two. They did it with Mike and Jesse in season four. Now they know it's Hank and Jesse. And the whole time Jesse's just in the driver's seat and the camera's like at, you know, the, the, the rear view mirror on Jesse's side looking at both of them. Uh-huh. And he's got the same kind of digest, dejected, dead, powerless look on his face. Yeah. And again, uh, the Gilligan and crew are very deliberate in the way they frame scenes, and I think that's a theme that runs through the entire series. Yeah, probably my absolute favorite part of this episode was this scene where Jesse just says he can't keep getting away with it. I mean, that right. that to me just it shows you how angry Jesse is about all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, really spells it out. Uh, then Hank and Jesse drive off just before Walt shows up, which takes us full circle to the beginning of this episode. Uh, they talk about the next step, which is Jesse being a witness against Walt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's just kind of a short scene there. And then Marie is talking to her psychologist about her situation while she's trying not to reveal any actual information about the situation. Right. Even though, like I said in the instant cast, I think she is. Uh, I think any reasonably intelligent person could probably deduce who she's talking about at this point if they knew anything about her family and history. Right. Uh. She calls herself an idiotic, stupid idiot, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Right. Uh, and, and it just, she seems as tortured about this as Hank is, doesn't she? Um, well, yeah, and the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that they got, this monster beat them. And the fact yeah, that she um... had a personal uh, touch in the demise, that's got to be something tough to live with. Certainly, uh, my uh, the thing that doesn't really line up with me is why she's so angry at Walt and not so much at Skyler. Because I feel like the real betrayal there is not Walt; it's Skyler for her, her own sister. Well, I mean, I don't know why she's not as focused for, on that. For Maybe... most people, blood's thicker than water, and it's easy to see. It's easy to see that you know, and maybe Hank. As a reason with her off camera, there seems to be a lot of a little bit more of that going on that I'd like. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm having a elaborate, elaborate series of heart attacks over here. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. I'm trying to suppress these hiccups. <clears throat> anyway, um, I feel like that. Where was I going with this? Oh, that you know, it's easy to see Skyler as an abused person, uh-huh. and by definition, a person who's been abused or under the power of an of a person who's an abuser is less culpable in their actions than a person who's making choices of their own free will. 
Uh, sure. Yeah. I think that's one Absolutely. of the reasons so why. So you think she's letting Skyler off the hook a little bit because of A that. little bit. I mean, and yeah. obviously, you know, Walt's the big bad, you know. I, I think it'd be very weird if she was as mad as Skyler. So you were wanting to see her just say some, you throw some shade at her? Is that what you're wanting to see? Yeah. I mean, when you're talking with your psychologist, it seems like you had mentioned, oh, and by the way, my sister has horribly betrayed me in every way possible as well. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, maybe she's just more focused on, you know, the what Walt is doing to Hank, who mm-hmm. is certainly important to her. Um, it's it's funny that you mentioned the uh, – the um, shit, what did you just mention? <laughs> uh, so I was reading the Vulture review oh, okay. of this, um, which I didn't like, and uh, the, guy, the guy couldn't let his – wrong prediction about the desert meetup last time go so i went over uh, on the suggestion of someone from twitter to the time entertainment article which is fantastic in my opinion it's um this it really just lays out this pattern of abuse being kind of the more sinister thing that is going on with walt and jesse here right um where yes walt has done really terrible things he's killed and poisoned people uh but even the more sinister thing is the way he's using it all to manipulate Jesse and the people around him and, and trap them in this cycle of abuse mm-hmm. and how Walt, like we, we see it at the the table when he's talking to Hank, uh, when Jesse's talking to Hank and he's trying to get the confession out of him, um, how Jesse's kind of trapped in this cage of what he thinks Walter White is. Right. He thinks he's some kind of boogeyman. Right, uh, and if, if you're interested in like really seeing how all this plays out, I would definitely suggest checking out the Time Entertainment article. Uh, uh, remind me, and I'll put that. Remind me, and I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I just want to shout out James uh, James Poniewozik. Oh yeah, who who's the writer of that? He's so. one of my favorites. Yeah, fantastic. Um, one thing I want to shout out too is before moving on from scenes, we had a listener, Katie, write in who is a social worker. And she had some clarifications for some of the questions we asked. She said, as for the mandated stuff, as far as disclosure, she would have to be a danger to herself or others to break confidentiality. By her saying that she wasn't really going to do it, it keeps it still between her and her therapist. However, if something would happen to Walt, he could be subpoenaed and be forced to testify against her. Hmm. So that's how the law is like. As long as she denies that she's actually going to do it, he can't say anything. But if, if she would later murder... Walter, they could get his med- they could force him to disclose medical records and conversations. Gotcha. That's so interesting little check and balance. So now, what if Walt takes the ricin? Well, that's Marie what they're saying. She trouble. said it would be interesting if Hank and Marie get uh, wind up in jail because of their own stupidity, or oh. maybe even Walt free. Oh, like so if bad. he fakes his own death, which is one of the popular theories. Imagine yep. put those two theories together, and that would be. Uh, that would be an interesting conclusion to the series. It would be. It might even be uh, <laughs> divisive. Yeah, <laughs> polarizing. As you polarizing, say. yes. Uh, all right, so when Marie gets home, Hank tries to uh, get her out of the house, has her bags packed and everything ready to go, but she refuses. Uh, Hank reveals that Jesse's staying at the house, and Marie decides she's going to help out with reheated lasagna. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the phone rings, and Hank hears Walt's message from earlier in the episode. Uh, I, re- I really do, after... Uh, second viewing like how they played with the timeline and it all kind of meshed together i got no problems with that uh it felt a little weird on first viewing to me but it works out uh man everything in this house is purple (laughs) everything like i know we've talked about it before but how does hank live in this place man i think it's becoming it's like a joke at this point 
like a little joke amongst ourselves. Whereas like I just crack up every <laughs> single time. <laughs> the walls, literally the walls are purple uh, in some of these places. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Terrible. All right. Uh, moving on. Walt's sitting by the pool. When Junior comes down to talk to him about his cancer. I was just having flashbacks. Was that one time I was a purple prisoner as well. A purple prisoner? Yep. I lived in a house with a predominantly light and dark purple walls. Ugh. Bedroom is a deep, deep purple. And That's rough. Every day I question my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> At least you get choices. Yeah. Uh, so while sitting by the pool, Junior comes down to talk. Uh, they, they talk a little bit about his cancer. And after the chat, Junior hugs him and heads back upstairs. Uh, uh, another rough scene with Walt Jr., man. Yeah. Uh, Walt continuing to manipulate his son, uh, or th- at the very least, I mean, not telling him and not relieving his anxiety about the cancer is manipulation. I mean, th- the lack of information is manipulation at this point, right? Right. Okay, glad we're on the same page. Uh, so Jesse wakes up, uh, and Hank and Gomez are in the living room uh, doing their, their DEA stuff, setting up cameras, closing curtains, massive purple curtains. Uh, they want a confession on tape to use against Walt. Sure. And Jesse doesn't like this idea. He says, it's just my word against his. Uh, it's not going to get you anywhere, but he goes along with it anyway. And the the other thing... I I see in hindsight was I don't even know if this is something Hank needed, but this is something he needed to get on Tinkman yeah. so that he couldn't back out later. Like this is, this is going to be the thing that smokes uh, Walt. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah this is going to be the one that, bur- that burns him. But in reality, this is just the gun that he's going to hold at his back. Like, Hey, if you back, if you back out now, you're just going to be, I forget what the colorful law enforcement phrase he used for basically you're going to be playing drop to soap with the inmates of whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And, and it, like I said, Hank comes across pretty shitty in this episode. Now, granted, we know Jesse the way he doesn't, he's just a junkie and a murderer junkie at that. But it, uh, then I had to keep reminding myself, but it just seems so incredibly callous the way he treats Jesse in this episode, especially as contrast by, um, from his like good cop routine in the beginning, uh, certainly, yeah. Uh, but you, you make a good point. I mean, which this is a guy he beat up uh, a couple seasons right. ago, and just is a, a loser, meth head junkie. Just guy. Let that be a lesson to you if you ever if you ever thinking or tempted about uh, breaking the bald move, standing advice, and never talk to cops. If this guy is so friendly and reasonable. Don't ever forget he's trying to fucking get you behind bars, <laughs> even if you're innocent. Even if you're innocent, huh? Right. And then Jesse's doing all this like shit. The DEA is not even he doesn't have any kind of immunity or there's no kind of deal. He's not talking to a lawyer. He's completely exposed in this, which is yeah. unfortunate. Totally. Uh, so I don't know how much speculation or um, uh, how many points are made about this scene in the feedback, but there was a lot of stuff with like the books he picks up, um, like the coffee mug. Uh, him going to the bathroom afterward like what what's what's in feedback what do we want to leave for feedback there what do you mean okay well i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to talk about it then okay so um the coffee mug that marie uh hands to Jesse oh 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 the has the... dea spelled across the front of it right and then the handle of it could conceivably be another d right 
A lot of people were reading that uh, where Jesse's gonna die. I'll give credit. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's your you're the you're all about the dead band brew. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So I will give credit where it's due, the <laughs> feedback. But I'll I'll let you I'll I'll give you leeway to run with that. Yeah. So there's a little dead man's brew for you. Uh, also on the shelf behind him, uh, there's a season of Deadwood, or actually the whole the whole right. uh, run of Deadwood. Traders have good taste in television. They do, but. You know, Deadwood, Deadwood, ah, and and right as he's handing the coffee over, I don't know. Did you talk about the rat issue too? (laughs) No, I didn't. Did you? Were you not able to verify that? Because someone wrote in and said that there was also a book called Rat, uh, prominently displayed too. I didn't. The feed that that I saw, you know, because we're working remote this week, didn't have. uh, Through the magic of Slingbox, we were able to watch. uh, Breaking Bad in Seattle on East Coast time, but the feed quality kind of got degraded in a couple areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that it would be interesting if we could get a high def or like someone on set because it, I, I bet the Villigan and his crew had a lot of fun putting interesting titles and, and things yeah. into that background that you could pick off and go and run with. And that's something that Lost actually did so well mm-hmm. is using set pieces to clue people into stuff. Uh, covertly um there's also the idea that this entire confession is held on uh an sd card and as jesse goes off to the bathroom maybe he took that sd card with him and flushed it or or something to get rid of that confession because otherwise like you said and i don't i don't think jesse is dumb enough not to realize that he just gave them everything they need Mm -hmm. uh to trap him right so who knows what he did with that um I, should we talk about the book that he actually picks up? If you want, Dutch, I don't see. Which is just an autobiography of Ronald is, Reagan. Is there some deep, dark meaning to that? I don't know. I don't know enough about Ronald Reagan, honestly, <laughs> to yeah. know if there is. Okay, well, if there is, uh, I'm sure our listeners will clue us in. Uh, they brought down the wall. I slipped Mikhail Gorbachev some rice in. <laughs> yep. And fact. the tip of an umbrella. That's a fact. Um, so after the confession... Uh, Hank and Gomi are talking about what they got, which is basically nothing, uh, and they both realize it. And this is um, the first. Is, so, um, we do we talk about that? Like, are you cool with the fact that Gomez is just now part of the investigation with no nothing on our end to talk about what was said between him and Hank, what Gomi knows, any of that stuff? I. I think I'm mostly okay with it. Surely, based but, on... but we know that Gomi surely hasn't seen the DVD confession, right? Uh, I would say no. Um, I certainly we haven't gotten any indication that he has. But it, it kind of bothers me that we don't know for sure. Again, I guess it's partly justifiable because this is you know Walt's POV. But this is one of the things that cost the episode a point: the fact that. Um, Vince Gilligan is putting up the Dungeon Master screen and starting to roll dice behind it, and we're not yeah. seeing what's going on. And, you know, maybe uh, there'll be a relevant flashback that will make me sound like a jackass in a, mm-hmm. an episode or two. Um, I thought it was interesting. There was some sideways glances that Gomi gave Hank that would mean something completely different if we knew he had seen the DVD versus not. Yeah. Because if he had, then I'm wondering if Gomez might look at all this evidence and stuff and come to the conclusion that hey maybe hank is dirty yeah i mean that's not out of the realm of possibility i just think 
based on the friendship that they used to have because it doesn't seem like they've been very friendly recently. Yeah. No, I mean, um, and and Hank going to him and saying, "Look, all of this shit has come down on me." Yeah, would explain a great deal. Help I'm me just out saying, here, buddy. You know? I'm just saying, I don't like. I mean, I understand yeah. the episode was also running long; it went four minutes over its allotted hour. But yeah, I feel like we—that's the kind of stuff we need. We need to see. I didn't like it, didn't hate it, but I'm would much rather be more transparent than the plot machinations. Okay, machinations. So it's interesting because. That also could just be something that's just not important in the grand scheme of things. And, and And through further viewings, it will never come up again. Like, second time through the series... That would really bug it me. It won't even be a question. Eh, I, that would really bug me because... Is it all about that first viewing experience? Do I need to... No, I'm just saying that bringing Gomez in is a big, big deal because Hank's establishing it in his career. So I need to know how Hank framed this so I know how to pro- – I, I don't have enough information as a viewer to, to process all the information I think I need out of the scene, hmm. and it bugs me. Okay. Because, again, this isn't, I, the, I this isn't the usual fucking suspects. Uh-huh. This is a different type of show, and that's a little too usual suspect for me. So a short scene with uh, Hank actually telling Gomez what – what's going on yeah and asking him for help would have done it for you yeah because again it's not like i can just assume like if if it wasn't for if this is just some other perp you you wouldn't have to have that scene you could yeah. just see a hank at the say look at this shit that i got but since we have all those questions about ending hank's career and what this means to have his brother-in-law as a dea and what happened to Merker and the fucking confession tape that we don't know whether i mean I would say that Hank probably didn't show, but then that's him being, he's not fully leveling with his buddy either. And is that going to bite him in the ass? All these things I would <laughs> like to know with a, you know, 30 yeah. second scene before I'm having to talk about the scene on a podcast. Yeah. So I don't know. It's difficult. So they make hints at what Jesse tells him, right? Yes. But we don't ever see what Jesse actually lays out either. Yeah. I mean, there's like, we got feedback on there's a lot of interesting omissions in the Walt White confession. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But those are on purpose. You think so? You yeah. Think those... Oh, Walt masterminded that video pretty thoroughly. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to the feedback. Okay. All right. Uh, next scene. Hank plays the message that Walt left about uh, meeting in the plaza for Jesse. Jesse thinks it's a suicide mission. He's not keen on going into that plaza. Uh, Hank secretly agrees, but he doesn't care because either way, he's going to get Walt. And he tells Jesse, this is what's happening. Too bad. You got to do it. Uh, it was nice, actually, in this scene to see a little, a little bit of the old Jesse coming out. Uh, the, just the way he speaks and, like, using the word yo every once in a while. But the, see, His a, sarcasm. I like that stuff about old Jesse, and we don't get to see that anymore. I've always thought that Jesse speaks the way Jesse's always spoken. It's just that he was profoundly ignorant, and he's become – I think Je- Jesse's always been smart. He's just been ignorant. Yeah, yeah, and he's still going to speak the same. He's got the same interface on him, but he says more intelligent things. <laughs> gotcha. Like he's a notch or two above the levels of the guys in this room. Uh-huh. I mean, that's not to take anything away from Hank as an investigator, but when you're you're not dealing with a common criminal, you're dealing with a fucking devil. Yeah, and and Jesse's got the experience that you don't have on that. Maybe you should you maybe you should listen to him. But again, yeah, just, but Hank's so, got a good plan here, right? Let's put him out in the plaza. If Walt kills him, we've got that on tape. 
So what does that get you though? Yeah. So if Walt sets it up so that he doesn't actually directly kill him, which of course he's going to. Well, I mean, but that plays. They still I mean, have nothing. Hank's involved, and it's an extra legal operation. If he gets killed, that makes Hank look bad. That makes at least Hank look <laughs> as guilty as Walt. So it's a terrible idea. All right. So you think that? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's his other play here? Go to the DEA and try to just... Yes, just like Walt should have taken a fucking deal from Grey Matter, Hank should have taken this and taken the his pension. His career's over. He's and he should have taken his pension he and he should have done all. bodyguard work yeah. or uh, consulting for Mythbusters or whatever the hell disgrace cops do. I get you. I get you know, you. it's a lot better than fucking dying or getting thrown in jail. And he's making yeah. the same sin that Walt committed, which makes me think that Hank is a goner. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually slightly disappointed in Hank this episode. Agreed. Um, I, I think this – now, when I say disappointed, I think that it's entirely thin character. Yes, absolutely. And it's not a misstep in the show. Yeah, it's I'm just, disappointed that the character Hank would have done this, which he did. It's just like when you see Walt crossing those lines. It's like, uh, you know, and that's that's kind of an interesting thing about the show is each one of us has had this kind of tug of war. war some people are still fighting the good fight about when did we <laughs> stop supporting Walt? When did we yeah. go like, oh, God, oh, why did you do that? So, yeah, I think this is my moment with, with Hank. The fact that his pride and, you know, tenacity and single-mindedness blinds him to a lot of things that Jesse's saying that's, that's smart. And I think Jesse also um, doesn't take his own advice. If, if we're supposed to be looking at for the exact reverse opposite mm-hmm. of what you're expecting – then if he took his own advice, then Mr. White was literally just wanting to talk. So Hank, it's funny because, so I've said all this stuff Mm -hmm. and it turns out that Hank was right. Jesse was wrong. Okay, sure. And Jesse's paranoia of Walt undid him. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the end, it wasn't a trap. It's like one of those things like you've read in business books is like, there's this matrix of like, you know, uh, wrong actions, uh, good results, you know, Good, good actions, bad result. You actually rather have the former. You'd rather be doing the right things and have a bad result than doing the yeah. wrong things and actually have a good result because that reinforces bullshit behavior. And it never tells you what you're doing wrong or right. Exactly. So, like, Hank was right with using faulty logic and, and faulty decision-making processes. <laughs> Jesse was wrong. Sus- for the right reasons. For the right reasons, yeah. yeah. So I think totally. that, if, that, that's the best. Well, I mean, obviously the best is to be right. For the right reasons. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, absolutely. But yeah. Uh, speaking of being right, when Jesse in this scene says to Hank that he's smarter than you, like mm. he's smarter than me, he's smarter than you, that hits home with Hank mm-hmm. uh, because Hank like shifts in his chair and gives like a look. He don't like it. He doesn't like the Walt smarter than him. Uh, and I think Jesse's absolutely right, though. I think right. Walt is smarter than that guy, uh, unfortunately. I mean, this is the guy he was calling basically a limp-wristed pansy. Yeah. And being, you know, just disgusting about, like, I yeah, the fact that Walt would take that. Um, in the pilot versus now this is the guy who's, you know, who, who he, Hank already knows he's fooled him this entire time. Yeah. And now Jesse's saying, you don't even know the half of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't just because he, you overlook him because you're his brother. This is because he literally is on a next level than you are. Yeah. And the, and the luckier, too, that's a big thing because, uh-huh. Jesus Christ, Walt has been, we've talked about this, super lucky throughout the series. For sure. 
So Hank gives Jesse some advice uh, in the van as he wires him up and then sends him out into the plaza to meet Walt, who's sitting on a bench quietly. Uh, when Jesse gets to the plaza, he sees a suspicious man and decides Walt has set a trap. So he goes to a payphone and calls Walt. He says, nice try, asshole. Next time I'm going to get you where you really live. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's this nice bell tolling in the background uh-huh. as all this is going down, which I really liked. <laughs> uh, one of the listeners, I can't remember who it was, um, mentioned the uh, parallel between that and the, the poem for whom the bell tolls. Okay. You mean uh, the Metallica song? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, do you have any more evolving sense of what he meant by that? Because in the certainly in the yeah. instant cast, we talked about you know is that is that his desert stash? How wouldn't Jesse know about that? Is that is the car that, wash? Is that yeah. the car wash? Is that I mean, where else has he got? Do you have any evolve? Because uh, we've got at least two really solid takes in email, but I wanted to see before we got that did. You, did you come up with anything better? Yeah, yeah. After thinking about it, it's certainly not uh, either of those. I think um, I've read a lot of people's takes who say that it is his ego, uh-huh. uh, his legacy, and uh-huh. that's kind of where I think that's headed. I think uh, Jesse knows that Mr. Wall, Mr. White is very prideful okay. uh, and, and likes likes the stuff that he's done, is proud of the stuff that he's done. Uh, and if he can knock him down a notch in that regard, I think he'll feel like he had won. Right on. Um, I know you had a bit of a problem with this scene, right? With the way this all played out with the bald-headed guy just waiting with his daughter. Um, no, I, I've, in subsequent viewings and thinking about it, it, it bugs me when coincidences like this bring stuff down. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, if I'm real with myself, uh, Breaking Bad has relied on a lot of coincidences and a lot of luck. And is this sure. uh, a worse example than the others I've been fine with? I think it's just... Um, well, coming off of the scene right before it, where Jesse says he's I, luckier than you are. I, I guess I was just surprised <laughs> because if this was a Walter White plan, he wouldn't have had a guy 30 feet from him staring down Jesse hard. On the other hand, if you're Jesse and you're wearing a wire and you know that Walt, that Saul Goodman has devices that can detect wires because he talked about them openly in the previous episode, uh-huh. can you be too paranoid? And that plays right into what you're expecting and, you know, you're going to feel a lot more clever than, than, you, than you really are in that moment. Yeah, we know that Je- we uh, Jesse has just laid it out, like how paranoid he is mm-hmm. about what Mister White is going to do to him. Yeah. So when he walks into that plaza and he sees anything that he thinks is even suspect, I can see I, why he. Flees, I wish you know? that I wish that they had played. I mean, I guess the only thing is, and this is a now a super mild criticism, probably shouldn't even make, but I'm going to anyway. Okay. This is my fucking podcast and yours, <laughs> and I don't mind making this seem like jackasses. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I wish the guy he played it had played it a little slicker. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know, don't just don't just be a just big menacing bald dude that's staring right at Jesse. Mm-hmm. You know, act like you know maybe act have him act a little bit more suspicious, like a dude that would do that really would. Because you know the thing is, is um, 
you know, we were watching these people play this game called Spy Party yesterday. Yeah. Where just briefly, if you don't know, it's like there's one player that's mixing with this um, group of computer-controlled players, and they're trying to do things like bug people and steal statues. And there's another guy, there's another player that's a sniper on the outside trying to kill that spy. Okay. Yeah. And it's amazing what people just doing natural things look like. Suspicious look suspicious when you know for a fact that something is going to happen. Yeah, it's like you're hyper alert of like, oh my god, this guy's picking up the statue and he's just admiring <laughs> it, but maybe he's just admiring. This guy's fixing himself a drink, but he's trying to poison somebody. Um, so I, I just feel like that if you just had a guy just standing there waiting for his daughter, just kind of with his hands in his pockets, looking around and kind of looking at Walt and maybe looking at Jesse or not just having to do the stand down, like, you know, bright spotlight on him. Yeah. I wouldn't have even had the initial problem, but I, can see I don't know. You know, so it's yeah. like I, I said, um, no, that, make, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it, it was very overt and I, I feel like you're probably right. We didn't need that because of the state that Jesse was in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's understandable that he'd take any little thing. Yeah. And we were, and then maybe, maybe Vince made the mistake of thinking people wouldn't get it. Yeah. Maybe. But I think that uh, at least I, as I was on high alert too, mm-hmm. looking for, you know, and I think that us as the, uh, it'd have been cooler if we, as the viewers could have made the same kind of conclusions as Jesse in his head, rather than being led to them. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, then we move to, uh, quick scene here where hank picks up jesse after the meet and yells at him a little bit saying what the hell are you doing uh jesse said there's a better way to get mr white a better way um and this is we we've kind of already talked about like what what we think is going to happen there um it it can't be his family right hank is not going to allow jesse to go after his family right so I, i don't think that's what it is right uh, then at the very last scene, we get Walt uh, in his car calling Todd. He tells him he might have another job for his uncle. Where do you think that's going? Right. What? 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 Right? Where do you think that's going? I'm sorry. I was looking. Todd's I, uncle. I, I, I know was, you were. I was, I was, now paying attention on your I, own goddamn podcast. I was trying to pull, pull up irrelevant <laughs> feedback. What did you ask? Uh, at the end, when he calls Todd and tells him mm-hmm. I might have a job for your uncle, what do you think he's he's implying there? What is this job? Well, I I thought that this that he picked the okie doke and that he's going for Jesse. He's finally, you know, Skyler tried yeah. to make him do it. His lawyer tried to make him do it. He's finally like, okay, a direct threat. But we had an even more awesome fe- email, as is the, the pattern here, that I it was just completely blown away by. It's brilliant. So we'll see if it, it pans out to be that way. And, and we'll read it here in a minute. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, well, that's the end of the episode, man. Do we want to do some uh, pimping? Of course. Okay. Uh, we're part of the Bald Move Network. Uh, you can find all of our great television coverage at baldmove.com. You know, it's not just Breaking Bad. It's The Walking Dead. It's Game of Thrones. It's Mad Men. It's Justified. It's all kinds of TV. You can find it all at baldmove.com. And also, the reason we're here in Seattle is because of two guys, our best buds, Eric and Jesse at Personal Arrogance. Uh, they talk about beer. They talk about board games, video games, movies. Uh, we just covered packs with them, had a blast. Um, they do a lot of cool things, like they're doing beer exchanges. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope within the bounds of the law, where they're doing like you know, <laughs> uh, exchanging beers and stuff through the mail. If that sounds like a good time, check them out. I love their cast. I'm a legit fan. Uh, we've got the Picasso, Jerilyn, Amy, 
and Susan out of Los Angeles. They are three friends. Uh, they describe their podcast as an epic thrill ride, uh, discussing women's issues on health, relationships, sex, books, makeup, movies. Um, you know, it's basically the same kind of bald move flavor applied to those topics. And finally, we have Up Years Downstairs, which is another one of our television cast. It's Kelly and Tom, who are hilarious. Kelly's actually a professional uh, comedian, and they cover Downton Abbey, uh, Mr. Selfridge. They recently wrapped up their uh, Titanic miniseries coverage. Basically, anything Edwardian England, they're all over. So if that sounds like a good time, check them out. Uh, how can you support Bald Move? Well, there's several ways. Uh, positive, uh, re uh, reviews on iTunes of any kind. Uh, the more we get of those per week, the higher we maintain in the uh, um, you know, What's Hot podcast section and the more listeners that we get, uh, which helps out our other endeavors. We appreciate that. Uh, you can also tell a friend. If you've got someone that's in, uh, into quality television podcasts, please send them the Bald Moves way. And finally, you can always use your Amazon.BaldMoves.com affiliate link. It's real simple. You go there. Instead of typing Amazon.com, you throw a Bald Move in the middle. And anything you purchase, we get a teeny tiny part of that transaction. It turns out it adds up. It helps us out a lot. So we appreciate everything that you guys do to support us. Yeah. Absolutely. And including feedback, which will be the remainder of our podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Before we get into the email feedback, do you want to do the voicemails? Sure, go for we, it. We got about four of those this time. So what a play. You're gonna you whoa, whoa, you're going to you're going to violate our standing rule of no more than three voicemails per podcast. It's you only think, four. It's only you four. You think these are high enough quality? We shall. We. I. I will. I'm probably asking for trouble because now people are going to be like, "Oh, well, he'll play four. How, I've got. What, I've got my hammer play? over to gong. I'm ready to gong it hard. <laughs> will he play five? Gong hard. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start off with Brandon from North Carolina. Here we go. Hey, Jim and Aaron. This is Brandon from North Carolina. I just got done watching the, uh, last night's episode. You couldn't help but notice with uh, the way Hank just doesn't care what happens to Jesse now, and with Marie, the way she's uh, talking about killing people with uh, her psychiatrist, it's almost like Walt's cancer is spreading to other people now. Uh, I mean, the, the way that everybody else uh, just wants to take down Walt and have complete revenge on him. It's like they've got uh, cancer, revenge cancer against him. But uh, one other cool thing I noticed at the, uh, the pool scene at the hotel when uh, Walt's son came down to see him, there was a waterfall in the background. The water was like a nice big puddle of blue. It reminded me of the uh, Super Lab, one of those montages that they had uh, making the nice blue mess with all the little blue lines of stuff trickling. Anyway, cool episode. Um, thanks again for your hard work, guys. Okay, so I I kind of like that take. I mean, we have talked about the way that Walt's um, actions are kind of rippling through his family before, but this time it's in a little different way. Um, it's not necessarily affecting them in this negative way, but it's making them want to retaliate and become more like him. Like well, they, I, they want to. It's active. It's something they're actively doing now. Yeah, it's like chemo. Our we had a really good take last week with that listener that kind of poetically just, um, compared Walter to cancer. Yeah, and like the different phases he went through and all that kind of stuff. So obviously that, um, and you know the the it's interesting how many personal things happen to Walter. That's like he has to be near a body of water to do any kind of thoughtful reflection. Yeah. For sure. 
we we actually have another really good take on the pool okay. as well um, that I want to go ahead and play right now. Hi, Jim and Aaron. This is James from Tustin, California. Uh, tonight's episode, I I really enjoyed. Um, I think it was the first time this season where I felt like there was a little bit of a lull in the middle of the episode, like especially when Marie's talking with their psychiatrist. But I think it, you know, that only lasted a little bit. Um, from in my opinion. Um, just a couple of thoughts I had about tonight's episode. Uh, first of all, the pool. Um, I've always seen the pool as like a symbol of the mess uh, that Walter's making, especially since the color is so much like the mess. And, you know, Walt just goes out there and stares at the pool. And it's just, you know, it's like as if, if there's a problem in front of him. And it's like the mess and just how to deal with everything in the business, the empire and everything. And then tonight I found it interesting how, you know, he's sitting at the hotel pool again, but the pool is so big, you know, the problem has really gotten big for him, just trying to deal with all the repercussions that has uh, followed his empire. Um, I also liked how in the background there was that waterfall where there were, like, strands of water coming down. So it even looked like, uh, how they poured the meth into the pans and just all these little streams, you know, it looked like the strands of meth uh, flowing out. I thought that was just really cool. And uh, another point, Hank. I, it's amazing how much Hank has changed, I, I feel, um, with regards to doing whatever it is to get Walt. Uh, and, like, tonight he says, you know, Gomi's like, hey, what if uh, Jesse dies? And then Walt uh, Hanks says, well, we'll have it on tape. I feel that's just a very big thing for Hanks to admit that he just wants to catch Walt. He doesn't care if people die in the process. So thanks, guys, for all the hard work on the podcast. Loving him. And I uh, can't wait to hear your feedback later. Okay, bye. So that's a good take. It, it, it expounds upon what we were just talking about, that as – you know, the pool he sits around gets bigger, thus his problems have become. And I also really like the point that I didn't, um, that the apparatus that he was using in the super lab and in the uh, Bobbinals pest control, that little rod that kind of like drizzled out the the meth precursor and like that blue syrup, it came down in strands, was very much like the waterfall that they found. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, that's pretty much right on. As far as the point about it being a huge tell that Hank doesn't care whether people live or die as long as he catches Walt. Yeah. That's, you know, that's something that we kind of touched on in the recap episode. This yeah. It's why I've kind of turned a little bit on Hank this episode. It, it's hard to paint him as the white knight hero. Now, again, he, from his point of view, he thinks Jesse's a pretty awful being too. So it's like, you know, if he has to use one scumbag to take on a bigger scumbag, his moral compass, uh, will allow for that. Yeah. Um, and as a person who's played video games where I murder hundreds of thousands of people for flimsy justifications, uh, because I'm <laughs> casting the hero. Hardly the same thing, I think. I hear an anti-hero role. No, but I think that, you know, if if you see yourself as a person, like, you know, think about when Hanky came that last home last season, poured himself to scotch, and was like, you don't understand the toll it takes on me to hunt down these monsters every day. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe, I mean... He doesn't excuse it, but if I can kind of sort of see where Walt's coming from, I got to try to do that Hank, too. That said, yeah, sure, I'm disappointed with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the hunting down the monsters certainly 
uh, alone wouldn't excuse it, but living in that purple house, I mean, right. when you're coming home to the purple monster. Right. Yeah. All right. Oh, thanks for uh, that e- that voicemail, James. Uh, next up is uh, Sam from the UK. Here we go. Hey, guys. It's Sam from the United Kingdom again. Once again, absolutely brilliant episode this week of Breaking Bad, and I just really wanted to phone because, you know, since season four to season five, a lot of us have been talking about, and especially about how a lot of people are changing their allegiances from Walt to Hank. But in this episode, when he mentioned how he didn't, he didn't really seem to care if. Walt were to actually kill Jesse, because as long as he got it on tape, he could bring down Walt. So I'm just thinking now, not that you're going to switch your allegiances back to Walt, but maybe you're not rooting for either of them anymore. I think for me, that's kind of the case. But also, I don't know if you're rooting for Jesse either, because he seems hell-bent on destruction. So, I don't know, I suppose for me, the only person I'm rooting for is Walter Jr. Just hope that he makes it out of the season pretty much not in tatters like the rest of them. But anyway, just want to know what you guys think about this. Thanks, and look forward to next week's episode. So Sam's calling bullshit on this whole enterprise. He's uh, saying, fuck Walt, fuck Hank, even fuck Jesse. The only one I'm rooting for at this point is, like, Walt Jr. Walt Jr. Pres- presumably Holly. Um, yeah, yeah. No, just Walt Jr. Just Walt Jr. Fuck yeah. Holly. She's complete. <laughs> you saw that picture of her and Aaron Paul. Oh, creepy. Um, yeah. I'll have to post that to our Facebook site or something. There's this really funny picture that, that uh, Aaron posted of him posing with the body double of Holly, the, the fake baby where he's got a lit cigarette in her mouth and she's got a baggie of cocaine and there's even cocaine powder under the doll's nose and she's and and he's got a gun and they got stacks of hundred dollar bills all around them and it says (laughs) we're in this together um yeah i mean i don't know in a show of becoming gray anti-hero type characters um jesse seems to be the most sympathetic but mm-hmm. it's hard to say any of them are really on the kind of the side of angels, except for the true innocents, the, the Walt Juniors yeah. and, and the Hollies in the world. So, yeah, I mean, I it's acceptable to me for people to root and do whatever the hell they want while they're enjoying the show. But I totally think that's a natural reaction to almost have villain fatigue at this point. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a little easy to let Jesse off the hook a bit because he actually feels bad about what he's done. Mm-hmm. Whereas none of these other characters do, uh, including Hank. Hank is now doing things that are uh, considerably wrong, um, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough to even root for him at this point. Uh, next up, and I think our last email is or voicemail, sorry, is Steve in Michigan. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Steve in Michigan. I uh, love the podcast. Love the what you guys are doing. Uh, big fan, big supporter. Um, I'm calling about the rabbit dog episode of Breaking Bad, and um, so I, I just listened to your guys' instant take, and I was a little surprised, actually, by what you interpreted um, Jesse's, you know, what you really call home. I didn't think of a physical location like that at all, like the car wash or anything like that. I instantly thought about Walt's ego 
uh, and then also maybe his family. But with, with Hank involved, I, I wouldn't think it would be his family. I, I think it's going to be Walt's ego and his money, and uh, that he's going to basically out him and take him down that way. Um, really, really interesting episode. I, I was higher on it than I think you guys were. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really a really good episode. Um, I think that Zorgan is laying this out in a way that is going to be I think everyone's going to be satisfied. I think that from what I've been hearing and reading, it, it sounds that's what that's what his his goal was. Um, maybe not everyone's going to be happy, but I think everyone's going to be satisfied with the the way that this all wraps up. I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoy uh, listening to your guys' takes on on this show in particular, and then all the shows that you covered. So keep up the good work, and uh, can't wait to listen to the podcast. Thanks. A lot of people had this take, and and now we've got a voicemail. We don't have to read them, but you know that that where he lives is a metaphoric concept. It's his pride. It's his ego. Um, it's yeah. his legacy. Yeah. How? So if Jesse says that, how does how is Walter supposed to take that? And what's what does he? I mean, the, that, the yeah, problem does Walter with the, understand that about himself? The, the, yeah. The problem with attacking something that is metaphoric is how is that going to lead into Jesse's plan? And I actually, there's, there's a, a one lone soul that had a fucking awesome take that I can't wait to read. Um, <laughs> okay. that I, I think is, is, is one of the best, most plausible things that, uh, that, that has been mentioned. The fact that probably going to wind up being true. Uh, would now be a good time to read that. Could you find that real quick? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah. Let's run, let's run this voicemail right into the emails and start off with that take. Cause I think that'll be good. All right. Uh, Chris Marie says, I was listening to your instant take on Rapid Dog, and I assumed that when Jesse said he was going to hit him in his real home, he meant that he was going to reveal all of this stuff to Walt Jr. I think Uh keeping Walt maintaining his image with his son is the most important thing right now, and it would be the best way I can think of wounding him definitely. It would also help explain him being completely alone in those flash forwards. So So he's going to go spray paint Heisenberg on his wall? Is that what you're thinking? That could be, or maybe he just grabs Walt Jr. and has a little powwow. I mean, what kind of, what is, I wonder if there's any kind of proof he can mention to to Walt Jr. that would make him believe the truth. And then this, um, this goes back to Walt, like Jesse's disbelieving look when he sees Walt dressed up as Santa Claus. Uh Like, Christ, Jesus, this is a guy who's got, you know, celebrating Christmas and has a wife and kids. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so what evidence does does he have that would convince Walt Jr. that his dad's a bad guy? Not much, I don't. I don't think. But I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't have enough evidence to put him away. No, but so what evidence? Is the evidence to just kids? go up and say, "Look, this is what your dad really is," and you know, I, you know, I don't, even just telling the story would do damage. Yeah. I mean, how would Walt Certainly. explain that? The fact that he'd have to explain that. And it would be compelling because Jesse would be telling the truth and it would kind of add up. It's like, this is why your mom was, you, have you ever wondered why your mom was acting like this? And, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is Walt's vulnerability that he's hiding in plain sight and no one has known this alter ego. Jesse knows everything. I just thought it was a super, super good take. Yeah, no, that, that would be a good move. For Jesse, I think, to, yeah. to hurt Walt. And I think it's something that Walt might be able to think, like, hit you where you really live. Yeah. <clears throat> That's your wife and kid. Um, 
So, and what Jesse already knows that the, the Skyler knows about it. So, so, so Jesse's op- operating Jr. off the uh, old saying, home is where the heart is. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Absolutely. All right. How about some other emails? Okay. Let me get to the top. Uh, some, we have four or five ones from the pre- previous podcast clean up on. Uh, James said the cold open train robbery brag scenes, real purpose is to set up yet another spinoff. The uncles of anarchy give us the meth cook and settle into a more lucrative robbing trains hobby or a, a, a career discreetly. The entire series builds up to how they completely break good and they use their money to help parents pay for their children's chemo treatment. <laughs> okay. Coming soon to FXX. Sure. Uh, Tina writes in uh, regarding Walt Hare. It's been discussed on many podcasts. As a former case, uh, cancer patient, I can chime in on this issue. Every cancer has a different chemo drug. All cause different side effects. Mine only thinned the hair, and that was month a- months after the treatment. Walt probably decided simply to shave his head. If you will notice, he's always had his eyebrows, so he did not shed all of his hair. Ha, yeah, he also point. has always had stubble. He's almost always had facial hair, too. So maybe mm-hmm. the type of chemo they're using on him is not as aggressive. So the fast-growing hair follicles. Yeah. So he might have lost a little bit of it. I mean, it, obviously it was thinning but... out, and he's like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to, you know, yeah. I, I have a bullshit $5 dime store haircut. I'm going to get rid of it anyway. And, and it looks like maybe uh, in the flash forwards that he's um, got some thinning hair issues, possibly. He just has It doesn't a... look as full. I, I, it could just be dirty got, and not washed. He's got a shitty Brian Cranston haircut is what he's got. Oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. I think so. But, yeah, good point. And congratulations yeah. on your continued remission. Yeah, definitely. Bobby says, you guys are talking about the serial numbers or DNA or whatever that could link the money as all coming from the same source. But you forgot Skylar constantly sprayed the money with roach spray, which is actually silverfish spray. Uh-huh. Uh, while it was in storage, boom. I don't know what you can get out of that, but it's definitely a way the money could be more easily CSI to link it together somehow. Okay, so he drops the boom and then says, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Boom goes to dynamite. Not sure what it blew up, but it boom. Um, so what do you think? I mean, that's indisputably true. She did spray all that shit with pesticide. That is true. That is definitely true. Um, I don't know. I, I do banks spray their money with that stuff? I don't know, man. I don't. I've never had a pot pallet full of of, of cash to store. Yeah. I wouldn't think you'd have a silver bug infestation in a in bank, bank vault. vault. Yeah, but probably not. You never know. Maybe maybe it could be tracked. I just don't think that's the way they're going with the story. Bobby, honestly. if it comes back that you're being right, I will give you a oh, no. fifty dollar Amazon gift card <laughs> as a prize because that's out of nowhere, brother. Uh, Walter White apologist. Oh my God. Um, oh boy. For all the evil talk about Walt, consider the following: He didn't kill the kid in season five. Ricky Hitler did. Sure. Although but he also what, whistled while he worked the next episode. <laughs> he certainly did, and he certainly didn't give those parents any closure. Uh, although letting Giant die was horrific, he threatened to expose him and potentially keep on blackmailing him. Not a good prospect from a known junkie with a punk boyfriend. I'm just saying. Walt stood up for Jesse against Tuco multiple times, defended him to Gus. I'm not saying Walt is a Mother Teresa-like saint, but evil seems too strong. Man, I mean, I don't know what more I can say to get people to believe that Walter White is irredeemably evil. A lot of people are just waiting for him to kill Jesse, and that's the moment that he'll say. that. Yeah, I guess. I think there's some people be like, he's a punk bitch, had it coming. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm I'm not arguing that you yourself are a bad person. Yeah, yeah. 
for liking Walter or wanting to justify his actions because he's an entertaining character. But <laughs> but let's 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 be real. This dude is an evil guy. He stopped being yeah. justifiably. I mean, yes, he's got a justification for everything he's done. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he could have come clean and stopped doing bad things anytime he wanted to. And uh, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. And the I fact I personally think that he's evil. We'll just say that. Yeah, Let I me mean, just and get even, that on the e- table. Even now, he's not giving his family accurate information to guard their own lives or make their own decisions about what they want to do. And he's yeah, his, he's manipulating them. his disabled son. I mean, that's pretty evil. And how can you justify keep lying to Skyler? At this point, her eyes are wide fucking open. <laughs> oh, I don't consider that evil. I think that's just stupid on his part. Well, but I'm saying, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm, 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 I mean, it's, it's Walter White apologists everywhere. You know, you should get, you should get a, a Sons of Anarchy style black jacket with a logo, like, you know, Walt, supporting Walt till we die kind of thing. But it, it, it's cool. I mean, but. I think I would. Just, I guess I just like to hear people say that. Yeah, he's an evil dude that's doing evil things. Yeah, or, or he might have been pushed to them, or he might have been, you know. But but please admit that he had a choice. He had a choice. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, for sure. He didn't have to dissolve Drew Sharp's body in a fucking barrel <laughs> so his parents don't know what the hell happened to him. Yeah, he. You know, he didn't have to murder ten people that were largely middlemen in his empire to protect his own damn self in prison, and not just murder, but set them on fire in a prison cell, mm-hmm. shiv them 20, 30 times. These were not hardened criminals. This was a warehouse manager with a wife and kids, for Christ's sake. Yeah, very true. You know, if you're going to... Yeah, so, <laughs> again, I, I, that's the, I think that's the last <laughs> right. I want to say yeah, on Walter White's morality. Let's move said on. enough, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Matt refers to the Instagram that we talked about for about Aaron Paul. Um, I will post that in the show notes or and definitely on Facebook as well. Um, Adam... Uh, which he goes on basically says the same thing. We had the voicemail about the Heisenberg legend and reputation. Okay. Um, Justin says regarding your guys' issues with the dude in the plaza coincidentally freaking Jesse out, it didn't bother me because Jesse was never going to talk to Walt anyway. Jesse was so scared and overwhelmed by Walter White's evil genius that if not that guy, there would have been another paranoid reason not to do what Walt wants and meet. Jesse yeah. had already convinced himself that he was screwed just by agreeing to Walt's terms of meeting. Not to mention, I believe Jesse's more heartbroken than angry, and his deepest fear is opening himself to even the possibility that Walt might be able to manipulate him even more. If I don't meet with him, he can't get in my head. Yeah, I think Strong we all kind of came to an agreement there Yep. Uh, over the course of this recap. Yep, indeed. Um, Adam asks, why didn't Walt include in his confession that Hank had first forced Walt to work with Tuco and then turn and kidnap Walt, forcing him to cook in Mexico. Hank then raided Tuco's hideout, freeing his chemist and killing his ex-associate Tuco. Hank then coordinated Walter's return to the U.S. and fugue state explanation for his absence. The DEA brass already had serious questions about how Hank just seemed to stumble upon Tuco in Mexico without any backup. This would have added murder to Hank's possible list of charges. Hmm. I've got a theory. What do you think? Uh... I'm kind of glad he didn't. I feel like Walt gets himself in trouble when he talks too much. And had he tried to detail everything evil that he's done, everything... Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't use the word evil. Everything... Morally ambiguous. Like, <laughs> evil that he's done. <laughs> uh, that, that he might have come across as, you know, I don't believe this guy. Um, my theory is there's actually two confessions. 
Oh. The one he gave Hank and Marie and the full confession. Because that way, if Hank tries to come up with a reasonable explanation or some way to solve that and, um, you know, that, that and, and thinks he's got Hank or Walt beat, then Hank is going to have a couple of other things when the real confession comes to light that he hasn't accounted for. This is a this huh. is a really serious one because I forgot that that was like a what the fuck moment. Like, why were you at the desert and having a shootout with this yeah. fucking drug dealer? They absolutely questioned him directly about it. Yeah, so that would, you know, come flying back, and I just feel like it's weird because I don't, I actually don't think that there's, hmm, maybe. I, I kind of want to say that this confession is not going to go anywhere. It's It's been deployed, it backed Hank off, yeah. but it's now going to run its course, but maybe not. Maybe there are still some legs on that. I don't know. I felt like it was a stopgap where Walt just needed to get Hank off his back, like you said. Right. Um, and then now then, Hank has to find another way to go after him extra-legally. Yeah. There's certainly plausible theories about what's going on. And, and again, if you don't want to hear any theorizing, pretty much the rest of the email is all that. Okay. Um, so um, Tammy says, the episode where Jesse has the green beans, uh, the, the, the tense... Walter White, Skylar White, Jesse Pinkman, dinner. Walt tells him the story of Gray Matter. We know Gretchen can't be a big fan of Walt anymore after their little FU coffee date. Could Gretchen and Elliot come back to help Jesse and Hank? I don't see how. We only have four episodes left. Yeah. And I feel like the rest of it has to deal with Hank and Jesse. And the rest of it has to whittle down. I mean, the actors we have right now Mm -hmm. are the Whites, the Schraders, Jesse. Jesse, Lydia, Uncle's Anarchy, Saul. Saul, Huel. Well, yeah, Saul's yeah. faction. Saul's, Saul's family. <laughs> That's it. I, I don't yeah. see how in the world they could introduce another player at this moment. Yeah, I. It's we don't have enough time. We just don't have enough time to deal with any of that backstory. And honestly, I don't know that it's important. I personally feel like they've explained enough of the Gretchen situation, enough of the Grey Matter situation to have a satisfactory conclusion to me. Speaking of moral relativity, Kieran says, I'd like to talk about Mike because I'm more than a little surprised that people who list the killing of Mike as one of the reasons that Walt is so irredeemably evil. Mike was a hired killer who killed just as many people during the series as Walt and had clearly been doing that job for a number of years, so God only knows how big his body count was. Also, Mike was always ready to kill Walt at a moment's notice and would easily have done so if the situations were slightly different. Simply put, Mike was nothing more than a hired thug who lived by the gun and died by it. Sesla fucking V. Your thoughts? Uh, I don't buy that because if that's the case, uh, you've got to look at what Hank's doing and say, that's fine, uh, in this episode. And and I, I just can't, I just can't. I thought Mike had a moral code, you know, kind of like, so it's like, uh, if I was going to give a wire analogy, I'd say Walter White is Marlowe and, and, uh, Mike is Omar. Like, all right, all you know, right. one guy only preys on people that are part of the game and tries to take care of his own, has his own moral code. And the reason he killed Walter is because Walter's a scumbag. Yeah. The reason he killed Lydia is because Lydia is also a scumbag that was going to kill. Killing Lydia would have saved 10 guys, including his own deck. Uh-huh. So it's like, you know, but there again, yes, he's a hired gun. Yes, he's a thug, blah, 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 blah. In this, in this show's moral gray yeah. universe, I find him less... Uh, you know, but then again, he went the along thing, with the Drew Sharp thing too. What do you do? Yeah, no, the thing to me that was problematic, or well, not problematic. The reason that I think it was such a 
a rash action for um, Walt to take in killing Mike is that he didn't have to do that at all. Mike was getting out. Mike was done. Um, and it was his pride that made him no, 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 no. kill him. No, definitely. I think Jesse, that, I believe that too, but I thought Jesse had a better uh, salute that, that Hank had, Walt had to kill Mike so he could kill the guys in prison. I, okay, fine. But what if he didn't kill any of them? Like you're, you're, you're also saying that he didn't need to kill those guys in prison. Was 5 million enough to make them whole and buy their silence for 20 years? Mike thought it was. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, that to me was the problem with killing Mike. He didn't need to. Okay. Uh, Tyler says, I wanted to get your opinions on why the final scene of the episode, on why in the final scene of the episode, Walt phoned up Todd instead of getting in contact with Saul. Saul already suggested putting Jesse down. He has made many shady contacts that could truly do a cleaner job than Todd and his uncles, and he's helped Walt do worse deeds in the past. Why didn't Walt turn to him? That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to guess. I'm going to take a wild guess because that's what we do here. Um, I think that after telling Saul never to bring that up again, he he wouldn't go to Saul because uh, he's like, yeah, Saul's going to see that, yeah, I, I was wrong about this. He doesn't want Saul to know that Surprise he's wrong. And, and also, uh, he may be trying to get rid of Jesse secretly so that Saul mm. will still work with him. Because, I mean, if he starts killing off the people closest to him, Saul at some point has to realize I'm next, right? Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Although it does seem that it, it, it does seem that Saul would be okay with that since he himself suggested. I'm gonna go ahead and deploy yeah. one of the other awesome emails I got this week. Greg's hmm. uh, take where he says, "So the call to Todd and his Nazi uncle—it's not a hit on Jesse; it's a hit on himself." The Nazis will trash the house at Walter's request and somehow fake the murder of Walt. But how? What do you do with it? How do you do without a body? To get another body and soak it in acid? I think that uh, it would be good for Villigan uh, turning your expectations on their head move. Um, what do you think of the idea that he's actually calling to put a hit on himself and fake his death and, 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 and get out of the option that way? Uh, that would, would that yeah. explain why he wouldn't involve Saul? Because Saul would be like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Yeah, Saul would probably say that. Uh, that's certainly an option. I don't see why not. Um, now, they need to address, if that's the case, they need to address the next episode, like what what that's going to do with his family. You know, how are they going to... Sure. How, how's he going to explain, oh, well, uh, we got to move out of the country to Walt Jr.? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, obviously there are are going to, he needs to show us some details in the next episode or we're going to have some, there's going to be some explaining to do. But I, I thought sure. that was, you know, the only person I actually had to take and hard to find a huge fault with it. I mean, it's plausible. We also had, I think someone who suggested that maybe he's calling to put a hit on Gomi to scare Hank because mm. he, he wouldn't do it to Jesse and he wouldn't do it to Hank. How does he know, how does he know Gomez is involved at this point? He doesn't. That's In the fact, problem. Yeah. Jesse told him that he didn't think the DA was involved. Yeah, yeah. So you're right about that. Um, Tommy says, Hank was setting up the camera, and as Jesse was standing in front of the books, there's a book very clearly showed entitled The Rat. Okay, this is so that clever. email. That's that email. So yeah. I don't know. Like I said, if you want to freeze frame and find any other ones, let us know. Um, but those are some some interesting ones we've found so far. 
Matt says one of the elements in Skylar's characters that have been dropped or not mentioned that she's a short story writer. What if at the end it's revealed that this whole show is one of Skylar's short stories? Oh, I'd no. love to hear some other ideas for the worst ways this show could end. Uh, okay, I'm glad that he admits that's a terrible way for yeah, this to end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't forgot that. We actually mentioned that as a plot point in our preview cast. Um, oh, that she's a writer. That she's a writer yeah, and this yeah, could yeah. somehow, you know, she could be looking, that, that we could get something to where that would be a potential happy ending if she was looking back and... Mm. And talking about this as uh, you know some kind of interview junket thing. How about other horrible ways that this could all? <laughs> uh, it it could be, I don't know. It could like be in the, the Saint, Matrix, right? It could be this. It could be in the <laughs> Matrix. It could be like the Saint El, uh, elsewhere, where it's just the you know Walt Junior is really like really disabled, you know, oh, and no, yeah. he, it's, this is all taking place in a, a Albuquerque, New Mexico snow globe. Yep. Um, How about? The series really ended when he threw down the fulminated mercury, <laughs> and this has all been his uh, near-death experience. His death throws, or yep. it all ended. He died on the operating table, and he got his original lung removed. <laughs> uh, we see, you know, Walt from the from the future jump back in time to Walt from the past and say, "We got to go back and stop all this." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, that would be is that a lost reference or that was back a little, to the that was, that was a, that was a little both a little, little both okay can, depending on which one you're a bigger fan of um, <laughs> um wall could get stung with a bee and get loaded into an alien spaceship and jesse could have to go and save him uh how there's... about this is uh <laughs> this is people from the future historians from the future having dug up the tapes of breaking bad and are now watching the series. What? It's very meta. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's move on. Yes, as, yes. Uh, I think that's we, we can that's... speculate on that all day. Exactly. Indeed. Uh, Rob McGee says, "Wonder what else anyone else think? Ugh. I wonder if anyone else thinks it's possible that Walt will release the confession video, kill Jesse, and twist the story to say that Hank made a deal with Jesse, saying that Jesse was another meth cook that worked for Hank. He can make it sound like Hank beating Jesse to a bloody pulp was an attempt to keep him in line when his skeptic, his antics kept showing up on the DEA's radar. Then when Walt kills Jesse, he could turn it around to make it seem like Hank did it in order to implicate him and make him appear guilty. I don't think the Villigan and the crew would have planted that confession tape there if they don't intend to utilize it in a big way. And it seems to me like the most plausible scenario. I don't know if it's the most plausible scenario, but I do agree with that last point that it's going to make me in retrospect slightly less impressed with the confession tape. If it doesn't it somehow end up in the undoing of, you know, ev- everything that Walt does to escalate shit bites him in the ass and blows up bigger. Yeah. And if the, the, the tape doesn't end up somehow causing that, it's going to be a little bit disappointing and not as mind blowing in, in retrospect. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, with the karma uh, idea that Billion's got going and how we've always seen that pattern of escalation, like you said. Right. Makes sense. All right, I got a long one from Dan D. I cut like 75% of it and it's still a monster. <laughs> uh, his thesis is Lydia is the mastermind. She truly is the biggest threat to everyone right now. She's proven to be the most ruthless player in a scene and the least willing to be opposed or caught. She's already shown that she's willing what she's willing to do and back in the corner. She tried to wipe out 10 guys as a prophylactic measure just because they might rat, and this is why they were still getting paid. 
Um, Walt didn't even act, didn't act until it was totally unavoidable. She tried to have Mike killed too. More recently, we saw that her successfully wipe out an entire rival established drug gain in cold blood under the guise of partnership just to up the percentage of the cook. Really, she's more established in this business than anyone. She's been in it the longest before and after Heisenberg. She has ties not only to the production, but also to distribution. She expanded the drug trade internationally. Like she said to Walt, you don't think Gus Fring built his distribution network all by himself. Then there's Magical Electromotive. We've always assumed that Peter Schuler was a kingpin on that end. But why would the Villigan weave this whole backstory with this German company going so far as to plant clues as early as the Polo, Pollo Hermanos commercial, at, uh, take, taking us to their headquarters just to kill off the lead culprit with a suicide and kind of forget about it? Isn't it just as likely that Lydia was the mastermind and Peter Schuler was coerced into silence or collaboration? Why would a multimillionaire head of a massive multinational organization he's clearly invested his whole life into building risk it all to be in the drug business? Moreover, if she's only the coordinator of the magical side, why isn't she the one who knows everything in the operation? Or why is she the one that knows everything in the operation? Why does she have ties to the Czech Republic drug dealers? I think Schuler was a patsy and the perfect decoy in the story to keep Lydia away from the top of our minds as a serious player. And that's what makes it so perfect. We barely even think of Lydia. The Villigan has made her out to be so naive, she's blatantly hit her in plain sight, yet he's shown her to be absolutely cunning. She talked to the icy-hearted Gus out of killing her twice. She talked Heisenberg out of killing her twice. She's been manipulating everyone the whole way. She even got them to rob a fucking train. More importantly, with Walt in retirement, she is now has the team of neo-Nazis on her payroll. What a perfect foil for Walt, another unsuspecting non-criminal layman hiding in plain sight. The last person anyone would suspect, and what did she say to Walt? She even echoed the same words as the first sh uh, show's mega villain Tuco. We're going to make a lot of money together. He goes in part two, Walt is not the bad guy, which I think we've covered <laughs> uh, sure. well enough uh, yeah. in, in the podcast. What do you think of the Lydia is the real big bad of season five angle? I'm pretty impressed with the parallels uh, there to Walt. I mean, the idea that she is a manipulator who is hiding in plain sight. That's uh -huh. exactly what Walt has been this entire series. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. I and, like that a lot. And, and again, I, why, if, if uh, you know, we've we've heard that this season's going to tie up all loose ends. Yeah. Do we consider Madrigal a loose end at this point? Uh, I don't know if I consider Madrigal a loose end. I consider Lydia a loose end. Okay. Though, certainly. But she's part, she is the spawn of that. and She is, and, and that can be part of it. She, like Walt, can't help but bragging at opportune times when she says, who, yeah, yeah. Why, who, do you think Gus set this all for himself? In retrospect, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed that nobody else has caught that. Well, I guess we'll see if it goes anywhere. But Dan Dees yeah, gets yeah. full credit for possibly catching the significance of that. Yeah, uh, I, I have a feeling that next episode we're going to see at least a little bit of Lydia because that storyline has not been tied up yet. Right on. Okay, good job there, Dan. Uh, Diz in Seattle says, did anyone notice, notice that when Marie gave Jesse the coffee, it said DEA on the mug and that the perfectly for the perfect D was formed where the handle meets the mug and you have a fresh cup of dead man's brew. So he's, I, I just wanted to read feedback on this. Yeah. I just wanted to give him credit. He's the first one to mention that he said on a serious note, 
again, because your Dead Man's Brew theory is a non-serious no, theory. No, no, totally serious. Uh, <laughs> on the instant cast, you both are talking about not wanting to be critical of the episode. Aside from doing the exact opposite, you're also being very hypocritical. Oh. Go fuck yourself. No. Uh, allow me to elaborate. <laughs> In your review of 508, you took many TV critics to task for being negative about the episode because the story didn't do what they expected it to do. Now, in a, to- a bit of shoe on the other foot, it sounds to me like you two are getting so caught up with trying to predict what happens next. Every time the writers zig when you want them to zag, you get your panties in a bunch. Just enjoy the story as it's been told. Isn't that why you started casting in the first place? First sure. of all, my panties are unbunched <laughs> and cool and neatly pressed. How dare you? Um, I don't know, man. I think I think um, I don't know how it comes across to the listener. Yeah, but I feel like maybe we're coming across more negative than we're really wanting to. I think so, and that's that's a trouble I think with an instant cast is that sometimes we don't fully understand what the episode has done when we're trying to talk about it. Yes, uh, so we haven't fully formed our thoughts, and that that's both a good thing and a bad thing when it comes to the instant podcast. Yeah. Uh, like I said, having watched it a second time, I think it's way better than we gave it credit for. On the other hand, it's still not the episode the first three were. And I yeah, don't and think anyone can argue that. So, And I don't have – I honestly don't have expectations of what I want to happen mm-hmm. for the next episode. I never do. I, I take it as it comes. And mm-hmm. I, I, I watch the episode, and on the instant cast, I give my honest gut reaction. Right. Uh, and then once I've had time to think about it and process it, I try to you know come at it a little uh, – little higher society than that (laughs) yeah i mean honestly like i said what i'm looking for this season is something to be surprising but yet make sense in hindsight that's i do not have a favorite pet theory i mean obviously we've got some theories that that i've liked even in the same cast that are contradictory but i like Mm -hmm. them because i can see it, it fits that mold of i didn't really see it coming but now when you've laid out the case it makes sense Gotcha. If one of those turns out to be right, great. If it's something else, like no one saw the confession. I thought the confession was, you know, crazy go nuts good. Yeah. So, um, like I said, sorry if we come across as overly negative. I mean, that's the last thing I want on this show because, Jesus, this show's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robert Emmy. Um, let's see if this is actually different because we've had a lot of talking. Um, okay, Robert Emmy says, I have a theory about Jesse's line about hitting Walt where he really lives. It's chemistry, knowing about Walt, at least when he's not in panic mode. go Everything goes back to chemistry. It's the foundation of everything he knows, and it's where his heart and soul truly reside. He's going to break every beaker in the world. <laughs> it's also the persistent theme of the show that even as the story arcs change, I'm not sure how Jesse will use chemistry to get to Walt, but one of the theories is that he will somehow contaminate Todd's blue meth and get the word out that the blue meth has lost its purity, oh. appealing to Walt's pride. Oh, I like that. Walt will then find himself cooking one last batch to redeem the Heisenberg name. This is and where catch him this is where it goes act. off the rails a bit. And Jesse will have planned to catch have Hank catch Walt in the act. I kinda like no. the I like the idea of him poisoning the well. That's not off the rails. I think that's awesome. Really? You yeah. really want to see Walt cooking again? Four episodes. One final left, batch to I, fix his legacy and then boom, he's caught. That's some George Clooney plot, man. <laughs> a George Clooney what does that even mean? One last batch. Got one last job to Ocean's do. Ocean's Eleven. All yeah, right, gotcha. one last. It's going to settle all the scores. Yeah, but, but Unless then, it makes a lot of money, then we'll do two or three yeah, more. Yeah, Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen. The, <laughs> the last two batches. It's another last last batch. Oh boy. Uh, that's the spinoff series. It's just going to be him doing one last batch <laughs> over and over. <laughs> all right. 
someone has cut my my meth with chili powder. Damn you, Jesse. <laughs> That's what the machine gun's for. Yeah. Jesse yep. fucking puts a chili pea back in the blue, and he can't stand it. <laughs> he's he's going to ride hard against a chili pea. That'd be awesome. Captain Cook. That's how fucker. I want the series. That's how I expect the series to end at this point. Jimmy from Chi-Town says, I've been racking my brain to come up with the other kind of way he has to bring Walt down. He's speaking of Jesse here. The only thing I can think of that, uh, is that he can give Hank is the first episode when they're cooking for the first time. Jesse videotapes Walt for like a minute cooking before Walt forces him to put the camera down. Is it possible Jesse still has that video and would he give it to Hank? That video was part of the same one that Walt turned on himself and gave his brief confession Right, and then he smashed that tape. Yeah, he he pulled that out in the desert. And yeah, so I think that that's a strong thought, but you got to remember what the eventual outcome of that tape is. Do you really think that magnetic tape, um, broken apart and exposed to the harsh environment of New Mexico, would survive? Yeah, probably not. Knowing what I know about backup media, I'm guessing not. Yeah. Um, uh, Caillou says I was wondering hitting his family like this. Oh, he's wondering about the theory about hitting him where he lives. Would this fit in with the ever-present theory of Junior getting addicted to his father's own product? So could is be, Jesse going to be the, hey, man, cool people. Yeah. You know what's cool? Breakfast isn't cool. Methamphetamines <laughs> is cool. Breakfast is also kind of cool, but yeah. not as cool as meth. He'll get, jet, he'll get Badger and uh, Skinny P to do their, like, uh... Uh, Narcotics Anonymous routine where they're like, there hey, it's really hard when the blues on the streets, man. It's so <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, we skipped over the fact that Badger went on a three-hour monologue about Babylon 5. Oh, yeah. No, he's a big sci-fi fan, apparently. Apparently. Huge. Apparently. That's like one of the nerdiest of the nerds. Yeah, I haven't even seen that. I haven't either. I couldn't get past the special effects, man, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Uh, let's see. We already had that take. Brett says, it seems like the uncle's anarchy are headed for a collision course for the world of Walt, Jesse, and Hank. I can't shake the feeling that this is a bit of a red herring as far as the story goes. I'm always reminded of the fact that last half season, Mike had said that he's investigated Todd's connections and they were nothing to be concerned about. He's just flexing. How could a thoroughly cautious Mike be so wrong about these guys? Good fucking question. Yeah, very good question. Does that just mean that uh, Mike's not perfect? Well... He got killed by Walt, so I guess he's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll go with that. Because they seem to have at least some skill at killing people in prison. Well, it could be that this, this was something that they'd never done before, so it wouldn't be on Mike's radar. That, that was their first big heist, and now hmm. they're yeah. flush with cash, presumably from Heisenberg paying them off, and now they went and, and you know got more mo- money or more guns and gotten the drugs and... You know, now, and Lydia's apparently dealt them in, so he's, it's kind of been a monster that Walt created. It wasn't a threat before, yeah. but Walt made it so. Or Mike could just be wrong. Could be. Could and speaking be. of everyone in, like, deifying Vince, don't forget about Mike's cough. Sometimes shit happens and doesn't pay off in this show. That's it's true. It's not often, yeah. but there are a few loose ends that never really go anywhere. Um... Let's see. Greg said, uh, we already talked about that. That's a hit on himself. Um, this is a great take. Uh, Avi said, Vince Gilligan loves dropping hints to plot developments that are coming. See, for example, Gus in the elevator. Which I remember talking about this, about Gus like twitching his finger. Yeah. 
Um, and we're trying to, what does it mean? What does it mean? But did you know that it was time to the dinging of the elevator going down the floors? So like when he was twitching his finger and it showed Gus's face looking panicked, it was making a ding like uh, Hector's uh, ringing Seriously? up. Seriously? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yes. I got the YouTube video. I'll, 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 cl- I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, and also, um, so he says, based on the two scenes from earlier episodes, I'm pretty certain Hank is going to commit suicide. First, we have the scene in Say My Name where Walt goes to Hank's office to remove the bug. He feigns crying to get Hank out of his office for a few seasons. As Hank exits office, we get this image, and there's an animated gif of him making eye contact with, like, his secretary, and he puts a, like, mimes putting a gun to his head, blowing out his brains. Then, if we go back to season three's one minute where Hank attacks Jesse and lands him in the hospital, Walt asks Jesse what happens next, and Jesse delivers this chilling monologue. Uh, I didn't have the whole thing here, but the important thing is what Jesse says, what happens now? I'll tell you what happens now. Your scumbag brother-in-law is finished. Done. I will haunt his crusty ass forever until the day he sticks a gun (laughs) up his mouth and pulls the trigger just to get me out of his head. That's what happens next. Do you think this foreshadowing is going to represent what Hank, what Hank ends up doing? Um, I, I want to say no here because, um, not everything has to be foreshadowing. And we know that Jesse obviously didn't haunt Hank, uh, for most of the series. He is back, back. but, but he lost, that mission was lost somewhere along the way. He didn't give a fuck about Hank. Until Hank gave a fuck about him. So it's like... I felt like that was there for the effect of, like... Having Jesse very angry and having Walt try to talk him down to save his family. Okay, like, well, it was, I, ignore that. What about Hank pantomiming, blowing his head off this season? Uh, that one's a little stronger, I think. Alright. Uh, especially after you, you say the dinging with the Gus in the it's, elevator. It's That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, when I saw they that, like to throw stuff in like that. Yeah, it's it's so. I don't so who know. knows, man? It might happen again. Part of the fun of the show. Two more. Uh, ben says, "I don't know if this has been discussed, but it occurred to me the opening scene in the diner isn't really Walt's birthday. He gives the waitress a fake ID. It'd be idiotic for someone to try to disappear with a new fake identity to keep their same birthday as their new identification. So that day is just a new fake birthday from his card. We've actually gotten this in a couple weeks before from people. I just want to say that. Okay, fine." So why is he breaking up the bacon? This is his yeah. fake birthday. He 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 wouldn't view this as a bacon and get, or a, a bacon a birthday and get all nostalgic if it wasn't really his birthday. Exactly. So you would think, idiot or not, yeah. I do think we have Plus to. He, work. he likes to hide in plain sight, right? Mm, so why wouldn't he use the same birthday? He's smarter than everybody else. Uh, Alex G has the hammer, says, might I suggest that the true rabbit dog in this episode's title, we haven't played the name game, he's going to bring it to us. Okay, good. It's not Jesse, but Hank, who will stop at nothing with no thought or mm. reason or plan, even while foaming at the mouth, to capture Walt, while Jesse, based on his experience with Walt, is formulating a plan. Jesse learned his chess from Walt while Hank is playing checkers. That's the turning point for these characters. Their worst enemies are themselves. Sure. Not a bad. Does I that mean, suggest that Hank is going to get put down? I think, yeah, I think Hank's doomed. I kind of think Marie's doomed. Oh, I think Marie, too. Yeah, I guess she knows too much now. Well, not even knows too much, but she's fucking gone through the poison. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I really, I'm, and Skylar definitely has got to die. <laughs> the only thing that yeah. might Hank, save Hank yeah. is Bill, uh, Vince is completely up the ass of the DEA. 
And he said, gotcha. like he said in previous seasons, that one of their defining guiding principles is they will never make a law enforcement agent look bad. Yeah, I think they've already done that a little bit with Hank. Um, but not like. Well, I guess yeah, he dies heroically trying to stop getting that. You know, maybe that that's still in his mind not making him look bad. So okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. So yeah, he's fucked too. <laughs> okay, you talked me into it. Perfect. Uh, unless you want to stick with us for some spoilery spoilers, that's it for the show. You can uh, continue contributing quality analysis to our show uh, by sending it to breakinggood at baldmove.com. You can also uh, follow our live Facebook threads and uh, live twitterings at facebook.com slash baldmove and twitter at baldmove. Um, thanks to everybody who does like and follow us. And... Without other further ado, unless you got something, let's pull nope. on through the spoiler section. That's it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the cast, and we will see you in the spoiler section if you want. And if not, until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you next week. back with the spoiler section what do we have this week as far as spoilers go well i thought we'd look back at you know the episode title predictions and see if they make more sense in light of oh boy um because you know jesse ends with we're going to hit him where he really lives next week is tohajali the description is things heat up for walt in unexpected ways we know tahajali is a reservation where hank does his or sorry walt does his cooking and where walt buries his money yep is there going to be some significance of that i mean some it's got we got to end up in tahajali somehow right i mean that's the biggest spoiler (laughs) of this whole fucking season so far is the name the name yeah yeah if we don't end up there i don't know why they didn't name it that um I don't know. I I feel like things heat up for Walt. The way that they phrase that is going to be some kind of indicator as to what happens next episode. Could it be? But I don't that know how. The like the uncles of anarchy, like I said in the Instacast, they're going to kidnap. Je- you know, they're going to put the hit on Jesse, but really kidnap him. That would be heating up. That would be his worst scenario because now not. No, only- I mean literally, like the word heat, like. Heating up. Oh, like, like things like get hot. Police heat. Is this when uh, Hank's finally going to go to the DEA? Could be. Could All be. Right. right on. I mean, I, I don't know. That that's kind of uh, if they're going to slyly hint at something, that might be the way they do it. Uh, next one is Ozymandias. Uh Everyone copes with radically changed circumstances. Um. What could I mean? This stuff doesn't make any more sense Radical, now than it did. Yeah, radically uh, changed. So I feel like this is the thing where you know some some things had to be radically changed circumstances. I wonder if Walt doesn't have any money at that point. That would radically change his. Well, circumstances. we had one person put in a prediction that that I think I deleted because I went out of time and it seemed when I was thinking about it as no possible way, but what if Saul or his minions um, put tracking devices on those barrels? Uh, the money barrels? Yeah. Yeah, could be. Uh, Cause 
Walt didn't check it. We know Walt yeah. doesn't because he didn't, you know, later in that episode, he was concerned about bugs and, you know, Saul's like, hey, I already slept. We, so we know Walt hasn't paid attention. What if he goes back to check on his money and it's gone? <laughs> Crawl Space Part 2. Uh, so now... That would be interesting because the next episode is Tohajali. They, yeah. He goes to Tohajali. The radically changed circumstances of the next episode is that that money is gone. What if he has the, he goes to Tohajali to pay off the Sons of Anarchy for <laughs> uh, putting the hit on Jesse, the and then they really kidnap Jesse, and but they still want payment. He goes gun. back, and he's got nothing to give them. So then, so he has to run. He or, or fakes his death, uh huh, and hightails it, and then comes back with the Uzi with the. So the then, automatic. so that brings us to Granite State. Which event oh, set yeah. in motion long ago moved towards a conclusion. So long ago, like oh, what if we have a, a flash forward of six, nine months? Uh huh. Because we need some time to get to his next and birthday. Somehow, right? what whether Saul finds out that the you know Sons of Anarchy have been have have, have been holding Jesse against his will, or I mean, this is starting. We've got to shape it all figured up. out. It's all done. <laughs> I mean, just I could write the next four episodes exactly yep. the same as they did. And then Felina, I want to say a lot of people didn't like the Felina as Walt angle. Uh-huh. What if it's about Jesse? Because it's about a man who falls in love with a Mexican lass. Okay. Which would... Andrea. Be Andrea. And he ends up getting gunned down. Okay. So what if it, the, the Felina is about Jesse? Jesse getting gunned down? Yeah. Uh, is it Walt who's coming back with that machine gun gunning down? Maybe. Hmm. Hard for me to believe uh, because it's still, even though I don't think, uh, it's hard for me to believe that Walt will kill Jesse. Yeah, it still is for me too. Um, and, and not the least for which it would completely destroy my prediction <laughs> of how the series is going to end. Um, which famously is, I want to see it go down like the narco corridor video from, yeah. uh, uh, Negro Azul. Uh, before I read this next email, I just want to say that if true, um, this isn't like a detailed spoiler, but it is a mega spoiler that will um, take some of the mystery of how the show ends out. Um, I would say it's probably a 9.0 on the spoiler Richter scale. It's extremely short, but you know, if you are not up to, again, if this is true, if you're not up to having something about the end confirmed spoiled then you probably should switch off now and i just want to make sure everybody had that extra little buffer before we got and just dropped it on you shaylin r has a really awesome take uh they were actually at the taping of talking bad oh okay. and two times rj mitt is it Mitty or mitt I want to say it's Mitty. I thought so too. RJ Mitty and Betsy Brandt changed their wordage from when Walt dies to if. And when they showed the broadcast to the hmm. public, it was if. But if you go on the website and watch the bonus footage, you can see the original footage where they just say when. Wow. So that takes a little bit of the mystery out of her. I mean, it's not much of a mystery. I think 95% <laughs> of people think that Walt is going to die, but that – yeah. If if true is a huge spoiler, definitely, definitely. I'm surprised they left it in on the web footage. Well, I mean, it could be that it was already it. It have to go live by the time it, it could be an oversight. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to check that out because I'm really interested to see how it sounds. 
you know. So that's one person's. Yeah, it's, I, I'm kind of curious too, and maybe they fix it by the time we watch it. Probably. That's all I got. Okay. Well, that's it for the show. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another instant cast, of course, um, and the regular episode after that. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next week.